Welcome to StartupCTO.io, the podcast about the art of leading teams who build great software, because your CS degree didn't teach you how to lead. And now, StartupCTO.io. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of StartupCTO.io. I am your host, Kevin Iwaki, and I am joined by Eric Berry of CodeSponsor.io. Welcome, Eric. Hey, thanks. Great to have you. Uh, could you tee us off by telling us a little bit about CodeSponsor and what you guys are up to? Yeah. So CodeSponsor is a, is a matchmaking platform for sponsorships and software developer open source projects. So basically, uh, Code Sponsor enables uh, paying sponsors, businesses who want to get their message across in front of developers, and they build their business on developers, and they pay Code Sponsor in order to be able to get their messaging out to software developers who are working on open source projects, and all of those people who are uh, visiting their websites. So right now, if you are... If you have an open source project that you're working on and you find yourself a little frustrated because you don't have the time and you think that um, you know a few bucks every day uh, might help, uh, Code Sponsor is there to help you. We allow you to put a, a, a little script. It's not a script. It's a it's a, a, a code, a snippet of code in your GitHub README, uh, or on npm, or on GitLab, or on uh, all the all the different ones, and mm-hmm then you choose which sponsors you want to uh, allow to support you. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the, the idea is that you know who the best fit for your audience would be mm-hmm. um, because you wrote the code. So you choose the sponsors that are the best fit for your audience that you think that, oh, actually my audience might like learning more about this. And then the mm-hmm. sponsor can say, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. And now mm-hmm. you're getting paid um, Forty cents, uh, forty cents per click. It's actually forty percent of whatever the whatever the payout that they uh, that they put into code sponsors. But and so that'll scale as it grows. But uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's it's a very simple way to plug in and get paid um, for doing no more than adding one line of code into your README. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. That's super. That's super interesting. And I, I think, as you know, I'm very interested in monetizing. Uh, and providing incentives in open source as well uh, through a project that I'm working on called Gitcoin, uh, which maybe we'll get into a little bit early or a little bit later on the show. But I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit about what got you interested in solving this problem and uh, what about the world you want to see want to see changed and why why you built Code Sponsor. Um, I think all of us have gone and had experiences where they are finding projects that they are open source projects to bring into your own personal applications or your company applications. And and I do that all the time. I've been a Ruby developer uh, doing a Ruby on Rails for almost 10 years. And I've been a developer for almost 20. And um, when I go and build a Rails app, about mm-hmm. maybe 70 or 80% of my code has already been pre-written by other developers through, right. through Ruby gems. So I find that there are more and more of these libraries who are basically being abandoned. They're, they're looking for maintainers or it's just they've moved on. And I think this leads to, uh, a lot to um, the, 
I don't know how to how to word it the um, the constant search for the shinier object mm-hmm. because people are so willing and used to this process where developers kind of give up after a while that they're always looking for the next thing that's going to do the same thing but maybe slightly better instead of helping make mm-hmm. that thing better. Right. Uh, so that was really frustrating to me, and um, I I've seen the uh, the the buttons that you can push to to donate funds, and I thought that's great and all. And mm-hmm. I I've seen people turn their code into businesses, but I just mm-hmm. realized that that all of these solutions that people are really trying hard to to help support them to mm-hmm. to continue building those projects is not is not sustainable and it's not scalable at all. So mm-hmm. for example, I talked to um, a friend of mine, Kent C. Dodds, and he has a ton of like high popularity, very, very high popularity, high in popularity, uh, uh, open source repos on, on GitHub. And he has a, uh, a pay me button. I think it was get pay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure. And I asked him how much he's made on that. And again, he's, he's, huge and he said he's made zero like no money at all wow and it really depressed me (laughs) quite a bit Mm -hmm. um so i i i thought about this problem i thought about the whole open source sustainability problem that we're facing and i and i thought well you know it's kind of a it's kind of a duh that the way to solve it is to get uh get money from places where they can scale the funds Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really is. If you look at the way the way these buttons are working right now, um, you, who, who are you marketing? Who are you asking money for, from? Mm-hmm. You know, the businesses aren't scouring repos. It's the developers mm-hmm. that are scouring repos. So when right. you ask for money, you're asking money from other developers. Mm-hmm. So it's like passing money back and forth across the table. And it's just it doesn't scale. It doesn't make sense. So I thought, well, what if we can bring uh, I thought who who actually could scale the finances and still provide uh, and still provide that money to the developers. And I realized that it would be marketers. It would be companies who are wanting to market their products to developers. They're the ones that say, if I can, if I can put in money and if I can, if I can put in a dollar and get back a dollar 50, I'll put in $10,000 and get back $15,000. And that's just business. So I thought, I wonder if I can make something that would do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I started off with a prototype back in late July and I talked to one developer and I talked to one sponsor and we got it going mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, we found out that it had tremendous results. It worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. So I started scaling. I started making more and more and, and, uh, now I believe we're at, um, 900 repos that we're supporting 900 open source projects we're supporting right now. Um, mm-hmm. 250 active developers, um, and we're and we're making a difference on a large scale now. These developers aren't getting, you know, a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars a month. They're not seeing that. But what they are seeing is a significant amount of money that's making a difference. Either it could be anywhere from a dollar a month, or it could be up to um, four hundred a month or five hundred a month. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're seeing. But but it's it's really exciting to be able to take an idea where our sponsors are super excited because they're seeing the return. They're mm-hmm. seeing the return to them uh, on investment because our prices are so low. Uh, mm-hmm. We only charge a dollar a click right now versus mm-hmm. um, other other companies that charge like 3 to $5. Mm-hmm. 
And because of that price, they can scale. They can say, okay, we're going to take that and we're going to we're going to say, okay, I, I'm going to pay you the same amount that I would pay these other guys to do marketing. Mm-hmm. But instead, I'm going to get a much higher return on investment and a higher conversion rate and all that stuff because the price is so low. And I'm doing a 40-60 split with the developers. So they're going to get 40 cents on the dollar every time. And as if if we ever go up in price, that price will go up for them as well. Mm-hmm. So, But because it's so low, even though we're not paying a tremendous amount per click, mm-hmm. it's it's with the intention of making it sustainable. Mm-hmm. A sponsor is going to come to Code Sponsor and say, I'm never going to leave because mm-hmm. every time I use Code Sponsor... It makes our company better. It makes our company bigger. And for every dollar I spend on ads, 40 cents goes directly into funding open source. Right. Yeah, and that's huge. I mean, I think that uh, one of the reasons that I'm interested in the space is that I've built the I've built my career off open source software and open source software powers billions of dollars in uh, in economic value every every year, and uh, I think that there's an incentivization problem with uh, developers creating value and not receiving any 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 of those funds back or any any of that that value back. Um, so, I mean, yeah. you know, those are sort of my thoughts on the space. But but why did you choose open source specifically? Is there like a strategic value to it, or is it just something that you have an affinity for? Yeah, I have an affinity for it. Uh, so I, I like I'm 40 years old. <laughs> mm. I've been working. I've been working for the man for years and years and years. Right. I, I did own a company for a while back when in my 20s, but but mm. now that I'm 40, I'm still working for other develop or for other companies, mm-hmm. and it's great and I love it and I get I get paid very well, but it's not something that I can uh, cash out on. It's not something that I can make mine. It's not something that I can say, this is me and this is my future and this is going to sustain me forever. And so I've been wanting to build something that I can make a business where it'll at least support me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I realized, and I've ta- I can't remember there. I I've been listening to this podcast called, um, this podcast called Indie Hackers. And I listen to these uh, different, these different, sorry. I was just going to say uh, that's, that's Cortland Allen's podcast, right? I think we've, we've had him on startup CTO before. He's super smart. Oh yeah. So I, I love that podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, it, it's what really got my juices flowing on how I can do stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the interviewers, one of the interviewees that he talked to um, talked about uh, making sure that you, that you're taking every advantage that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning I'm, so I, I look at the advantages that I have. I'm I'm a developer. I'm a pretty good developer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm outgoing. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I enjoy the developer network and I, I love open source and I've always, mm-hmm. I built my career on open source. So when I started looking to see what I can do, that, uh, would be something that I can turn into a business. I thought, well, my advantages are. I'm a software developer. I love networking. I love open source. How can I make right. that happen? And that's that's kind of what led into it. Right. That's great. I mean, as you said, we've both built our careers off of open source software, and I think that's a, a reason why it's so strategically valuable to work on a project like Code Sponsor. Yeah. 
And and there's one, there's one other thing that, and maybe you can verify this has happened with you, but a lot of times developers put out uh, open source code. And at first mm-hmm. they get a lot of high fives and thank yous. And then it mm-hmm. slowly moves over to, hey, you know, I've got this issue and can you do this? And then it slowly moves from there to uh, what, what's wrong with you? Why haven't you fixed this? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And it's it's it goes from really po- a really positive experience to a really negative experience the larger it gets. Yeah. And so what 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 funding, whether it be through Gitcoin, whether it be through Code Sponsor, whether it be through any 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 type of funding at all, what that provides mm-hmm. is a sense of you know what it's it there's there's positive there. There is a positive mm-hmm. side to this that that might be not as positive as it used to be, mm-hmm. and even if even if you are making you know a dollar a day or even a dollar a month, mm-hmm. you're still seeing like oh you know what it, it is doing something it is it is there is some sort of thank you coming back, mm-hmm. where a lot of times that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know your your story arc that you described right there, uh, where you go from high fives to people that have support to people that have an expectation of support and sort of a little bit of negativity reminds me of uh, this thing in psychology called hedonistic adaption, where basically if you like you get a new car, then you're thrilled for the next I don't know, let's call it a week, depending on who you are. But then over time, then the reality of maintaining the car and uh, uh, starts to starts to be a little bit more on the forefront of your mind, and also like the shininess and the novelty wears off, so it just becomes like something that you become adapted to. And I think that that's uh, I saw a lot of similarities in that to what you just described with GitHub uh, and and uh, open source repos. But you're you're totally right that the funding provide, provides not only a, po- a lot of positivity, a lot of positivity, but it also, um, I think that like the, the number one commodity for developers these days is attention. Um, and you've got a, the reality of, of having to pay your mortgage and having to make ends meet is that you have to spend your attention on things that are going to support your family financially and, and support your career over the long term. And so if you could have an alignment, not only with the positivity, but with the funding uh, on what you love doing and on open source software, then I think that solves a lot of problems for that core market. Yeah. 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 So, so you mentioned, um, go ahead. Uh, no, you please. I was just going to say, like, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Gitcoin, and I actually haven't introduced that to this this audience yet, but I'll just very briefly describe what I'm doing in the space. And, uh, you know, maybe we can we can nerd out on uh, the differences between my project and your project oh, uh, a little bit after that. So uh, Gitcoin is uh, a project that I am working on right now. It's available at Gitcoin.co. And what it is, is a series of smart contracts based upon Ethereum that allow developers to fund GitHub issues that they care about. So the use case is that you go on and you, uh, if there's some feature that isn't getting turned around or a bug that isn't getting turned around on a GitHub issue, you can attach a certain amount of Ethereum or any ERC20 token to that issue and whoever turns it around within your specified time frame uh, will get paid out that that Ethereum that you've staked. So uh, I think that uh, I'm trying to solve similar problems to what Code Sponsor is. And uh, I just happen to be taking a very blockchain-centric approach to doing it because I'm 
I'm deep in the uh, in the blockchain, drinking the blockchain Kool-Aid these days. But uh, that's actually how you and I got connected. I think you saw one of my tweets and you were like, hey, I'm working on something similar. We should chat. And uh, one of the things I loved about talking to you on one of our earlier calls was that you're just in it for the developers. You're in it to provide value for the world. And uh, I, have a, I have a mission to push open source forward. And uh, I think that it, it's it's super cool that we're taking we're using different tools to solve very similar problems. And I hope that uh, someone is able to do this at scale one day and really solve the problem of incentivization and monetization in open source. Absolutely, you know. And I look at I look at what you're doing, and I wouldn't say it's um, I would say they're complementary services more than mm-hmm. anything else because, and, and and you're very much well. You're you're more similar, I think, to. Um, to uh, um, uh, Open Collective, where, mm-hmm. you, well, actually, no. So basically, my relationship with you or code sponsor relationship with Gitcoin would be more similar to what code sponsor's relationship with Open Collective is, which mm-hmm. is what you provided is a very solid way, an awesome way for developers to be able to request help from other developers. Right. And mm-hmm. I know GitHub now just added a help needed tag. And so GitHub's also working really hard to to help expose these issues. But what you're doing is actually providing monetary value behind it to to drive mm-hmm. action, which is wonderful. But the question is also the question always comes back to where does the money come from? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the same thing with Open Collective. Open Collective is masterful at distributing mm-hmm. funds and letting letting uh, organizations like um, uh, open source organizations collect money and distribute it and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. they still have to find a way to get the funds. And mm-hmm. so Code Sponsor works so well with um, with Open Collective because we provide funds we are a way to bring the money in and then move it over to what it's needed to be same thing with Mm -hmm. here the funds would be uh, the funds still have to be added somehow so Mm -hmm. code sponsor could help here in that it would provide funding for these uh issues to be basically these these issues to be funded Mm -hmm. but i love i love what you've done the thing that captured me the most is that you've taken so a lot of so it's like this, right? I'm looking at your your funded issues right now. You have an HTTP API uh, documentation, right? It's point mm-hmm. zero three Ethereum, uh, mm-hmm. which equates to about ten dollars, right? Mm-hmm. But ten dollars to me isn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But if I can start making cryptocurrency and building that portfolio. Believing what I believe right now in that mm. the prices are going to continue to go up, it's almost like it's almost like you're you're double dipping or quadruple dipping because it, it's like it's mm-hmm. like a company match on your four hundred one k, right? Right. Because yeah, every dollar that you make, it's probably going to be five dollars in the future. Right. But it, that's that also lends to the exciting aspect of it, where you know a lot of developers might not need the money but a lot of developers would love bitcoin would love ethereum mm-hmm. would love to start getting into that but they don't know how sure yeah yeah it's a good point uh the volatility in cryptocurrencies has its pluses and minuses <laughs> yes it does. Uh, and you're you're talking to someone who bought into the big boom in 2013 and spent 2014 and the early parts of 2015 in a lot of pain because of it uh mm-hmm. you know not you know, obviously, I'm very privileged and uh, not not uh, a ton of pain, but um, but 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 yeah. So I mean, I, I don't think it's a safe presumption that those things always go up. But there is this interesting 
this novel invention in cryptocurrencies called stable coins, which are basically pegged to the U.S. dollar or to the euro if you're in, uh, in, in and so forth. So I think that those are uh, those different coins that have different sort of incentive sets uh, that you can deliver. And we we just talked about the Ethereum use case. I just talked about the stable coin use case and the. Uh, the other use case that I'm really interested in is that there's these distributed distributed organizations that are basically issuing their own tokens, and a lot of them are based around code in 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 GitHub. And so there's a possibility to pay out um, your own token in exchange for people working on your GitHub issues, which I think is an interesting interesting use case. You're basically mining that cryptocurrency by solving solving problems in knowledge work. Uh, and there's a strong tribalism in cryptocurrency where if I hold your token, then I'm going to become an advocate of you. So I just think that that's a super powerful way of aligning incentives. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that at the end of the day, a lot of people are, are looking for something that has monetary value. So uh, it's, it's interesting to start with cold, hard cash. And I think it's that's why it's neat that code sponsor is uh is you know I can actually get paid in US dollars in code sponsor. Yeah, we we are so <laughs> that brings up an interesting uh point with uh code sponsor. So right now the company's just me running it in my mm -hmm. own you know um I, I I work at nights and weekends and all that stuff. Um and this month we paid out almost $2400 uh you know US dollars. But that was to, I think, uh, 24 developers. Mm -hmm. And these developers were all over the world. I was paying mm -hmm. people in Brazil. I was paying, paying people in Spain, in Germany, mm -hmm. in China, like all these different countries. And I realized um, that doing that legwork is really hard. It's hard to set those, those payments mm -hmm. up. Uh, uh, internationally and on top of that it's also costly um mm -hmm. it costs quite a bit to i mean in fees alone you know you can imagine the fees that were paid not only to send the money or for them to receive the money but also the the exchange rates so there's mm -hmm. an exchange rate fee and mm -hmm. so these are issues that i'm realizing as code sponsor grows um mm -hmm. this is not a scalable approach Mm -hmm. So that's that's partially why I I wanted to talk to you and why mm -hmm. I find your product and you so fascinating is is your is your your blissful knowledge of of all of this that I have no mm -hmm. idea of. So I, a lot of a lot of developers want to be paid via the the, the means that you've set up. Mm -hmm. um, so it's something that we're looking into doing. It's we're not there yet. I, you know, it just scares me because Bitcoin went up twenty percent. Um, like. Friday, I think, or something yeah, like that. I think since since we last talked, it's it's gone up like that much. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, and 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 as any bubble happens, you know, there's always an up, and there's always if it keeps going up, great. But yeah. what's going to happen is that we we start paying out, and when I when I capture those funds to do payouts, mm -hmm. between the time I capture the funds because I'll buy them at whatever market value it is at that time, then I'll distribute them, and it might be days afterwards. I don't know how long it'll be, but. What happens mm -hmm. if it drops half the price? Now, now developers are making half of what they they were owed. But then mm -hmm. again, if it goes up twice as much or twenty percent, now they're making twenty percent more of what they were owed. Mm -hmm. So anyway, just interesting problems to solve. That uh, you know, when I was a kid, I never thought this is something I'd have to figure out. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty crazy stuff because, as you said, the you know the volatility can be a uh, 
um, a double-edged sword. But I do think that there's, you know, we're, we're living in a globalized world and uh, I paid out a bounty last week to someone who did some design work from me. And I think he was in, he was, he was in Eastern Europe and, uh, and it's just, it's just so interesting to be able to seamlessly send transfer value across an ocean like that with someone who shares an interest in your, in your mission. So, um, I think there's pluses and minuses to, to both approaches and, and your, your point earlier about figuring out where the funding comes from, is is super interesting because you can build a ton of conduits for moving around value in open source and if the value doesn't actually start flowing in at the top of that funnel then it's you're kind of dead in the water i'm curious like have in your customer development have you what if you could like enumerate the different business values or sorry business models in funding open source what would they be i mean i know i know about corporate sponsorship of repos or like acquisitions of repos but like by and large, how is open source funding done done today? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, here, I'm linking you a thing. So uh, a good friend of mine, who I, I think is a good friend, hopefully she thinks that too, uh, Nadia Eggball <laughs> over at GitHub. She's fantastic. So she mm-hmm. has put together this, this uh, list called Lemonade Stand. And on mm-hmm. here, it shows all of the different ways that you can find open source funding. Mm-hmm. Um, so the categories, and you can see the categories right here, there are donation buttons, which we've talked about. There are bounties, which is basically mm-hmm. what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Crowdfunding. Um, uh, so people sometimes say, um, you know, they put it out on a, a Kickstarter or something like that. This is something I believe in. You guys fund it. Then uh, also developers can make money through selling books and merchandise. Um, some Some open source projects make money selling stickers right mm-hmm. um advertising and sponsorships uh getting hired to work by a company so company funding but basically an ac- acquisition of that project mm-hmm. um i mean the list goes on so uh, the but all of my when i look through this i just keep thinking to myself well either you need to be very business savvy mm-hmm. or you need a system like code sponsor because everything else either requires everything else either returns a quick a quick payout with non long term results mm-hmm. it returns uh or it requires uh, a business mind in converting your code into some sort of business venture mm-hmm. and and the majority of developers don't want to do that mm-hmm. right i don't want to do that uh, the mm-hmm. people i talk to don't want to do that and i think that's the draw of code sponsors we mm-hmm. provide a way for you to make ongoing continuous revenue on your project, mm-hmm. and you don't even have to think about it. For example, mm-hmm. developers have added the um, developers have added the uh, the code so- sponsor snippet to their repos, and mm-hmm. they're making just as much this month as they were last month. And it just mm-hmm. goes on and on and on and on and on. And mm-hmm. so it's it's basically they just don't have to do anything, and now they have a continuous source of a little bit of revenue indefinitely as long as that project is maintained as long as that project not even maintained as long as the project is relevant providing value providing yeah. value absolutely but i like that i like the way you framed that you're sort of like you're augmenting coders with like a bolt-on business <laughs> yeah. on top of that which is which is cool well it's kind of a non-business right it's it's so there i've talked to another guy um 
And it's it's so fun doing this because I've been able to make some great friends and, mm -hmm. and get to get to learn about other ideas. And I talked mm -hmm. to another guy, uh, and I can't. I'm gonna, I really feel bad for not remembering his name. <laughs> his name is Matt. Um, Matt. Anyway, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll bring it up if you have if you have notes. I'll I'll add them to the notes. But mm -hmm. what he's providing is he's trying to build a way for developers to basically turn their code into a licensing. So they can mm -hmm. the, the turnkey licensing product. Oh, it's like uh, license zero. I think is is what it's called. Is no, that, is that the project not, you're thinking of? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, license zero is a whole different thing. <laughs> okay, got that, it. That to me is a a big gnarly tar pit, and and I wouldn't go near that personally. But, but good for them for trying to <laughs> okay. solve the problem. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, uh, so yeah, what this does is it basically makes it so that you can you you have a way to provide. It's a turnkey way to provide um, support. Uh, paid support and uh, and more more you know tiered licensing that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Huh, that's interesting. I mean, I think that uh, you know that's that's obviously one way to. It's almost like a freemium uh, a freemium model for a GitHub repo where you can start off providing no support and then people can selectively upgrade to different licenses. Is is it? Did I get it close at all? I think so. I believe so. Okay. He he he. I, I can't speak for him, but that's how I understand it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, you know, you enumerated all these different ways to provide funding for open source. And uh, it, I, I just want to end on this note that it's, it's so important. I mean, open source is uh, has provided so much economic value and it's, it's the foundation of my career and the career of a lot of my cohorts. And I think for a lot of people, um, in an uncertain 21st century world, it's a path to, to a middle-class life and to stability. And so I, I think that it's, it's, it's really important to spend some time here and to figure out how we can build a distributed network of, of people who can self-sustain through doing what they love and through providing value for the world. Absolutely. So I think we're about at time. Uh, any any parting thoughts? Uh, I think our audience is mostly software developers, so maybe you could you could end on uh, where to find you online and how to get involved with Code Sponsor. Sure. Uh, before I get to that, I do want to say one thing. Um, so there's a fantastic individual named Chad Whitaker, and Chad mm -hmm. is the founder of of GitPay, which uh, which turned into Gratipay. Or he's the founder mm -hmm. of Gratipay. Um, Last week, Chad um, closed the doors and mm -hmm. realized that he can no longer continue down that business. Mm -hmm. Funding open source is a hard problem. There are mm -hmm. no, there are no silver bullets. Code sponsor is not a silver bullet. Uh, mm -hmm. Gitcoin is not a silver bullet. None of these are. Um, but people like Chad, I, I highly respect because they've they've paved a way and they've they've taught us so much on on uh, making sure that we we can recognize the problem, understand the problem. And the way he functioned was very public. So he shared all of the things that he ran into and why it did work and why it didn't work. But mm -hmm. but I I, I would uh, urge your audience to, to reach out to Chad um, and just say, hey, thank you. Um, we love you. You're a great guy. We appreciate everything you've done uh, mm -hmm. because he deserves it. He's a fantastic person and he's done an amazing job. Mm -hmm. So... 
So Code Sponsor, um, getting started is super easy. Just go to codesponsor.io and click on the developer button um, to, to get it up and rolling. Once you once you sign up, just fill out your information mm-hmm. and and then choose which repositories you want sponsored. And make sure you select your sponsors that you would like to involve in your project. And that's all it is. And we pay out once a month. And um, I, I hope that everybody gets on, whether it's a big project or a small project. We've got the funds to support it right now. Uh, and as we grow, we'll continue to raise the funds. But, but absolutely, we want to help you continue to build and sustain your open source efforts, whether it is supporting a project that is pretty much done. And by, by funding that, we'll fund you in, to create new stuff. Or, mm-hmm. or however you need those funds to work. But but we have the money. We want to help. Um, and just go to codesponsor.io. And you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at codesponsor, one word. Great. I love, I love the way you ended there. We have the money. We want to help. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're solving a, a really important problem. So it's, it's awesome to nerd out with you. And I hope to uh, continue working with you in the future, Eric. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Find us at startupcto.io or on Twitter at startupcto.io. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next episode.